This week's podcast brought to you by Car Pantries. We still have to do a cold open. Well, what do you want the cold open to be? Do you have a story? Well, we have to do a brought to you by. What should the brought to you by be? Uh, common denominators or car pantries? Let's do car pantries. Okay, do you have a funny anecdote? I don't. Do you? Have a funny anecdote? Yes. No, let's just let's Let- just use this. Okay. be fat. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. I continue to do a lot of driving to kids' sports events, and uh, this past Sunday I spent from 8 15 a.m. until about 4.30 p.m. in a middle school gym with a volleyball court on either side of me uh, standing among a group of parents, all of whom had gotten the memo that they were supposed to bring a tailgating chair. Mm -hmm. I hadn't, Mm -hmm. but uh, another parent was kind enough, and I sincerely mean that, to lend me a child's sort of toddler tailgating chair. So I spent, what is that, eight hours sitting in a toddler's tailgating chair watching volleyball and on the way home, I pulled some snacks out of the center console of the car, and our youngest later asked me if I had any other snacks in the what I what I've come to refer to as the car pantry, and it is now it is now enshrined in family lore as the car pantry, and I feel pressure to keep the car pantry stocked. So how many pantries do you now have in your life? Well, we have the we have the, the regular primary, secondary, and tertiary pantries. In the basement. And the automotive And now we have the car, car pantry. pantry. <laughs> well, it was just unreal. I've spent every single Sunday since the first, of, so first Sunday of the year in Bristol at ESPN in studio. And then this past Sunday was the first time since 2020 started that I was not spending a Sunday in Bristol. I was in Minnesota calling a basketball game. And we find out a week in advance that our daughter's volleyball tournament all day was going to be in Bristol. If I was in my normal studio spot, I would have been able to at least watch her morning sessions. But but instead you were in, you had flown the night before to Minneapolis and texted me several times that a very large man was pinning you into the window seat while coughing into his or possibly your elbow, I'm not sure which, which yeah. is a scary thing these days. And I'll say he was a he was a very sweet person. He and I did not have a conversation, but I was listening to his conversation with the person across the aisle who they were clearly um, friendly. And, and this guy was, was very sweet. And, and I'm going to give you a couple examples of that. First of all, um, when we sat down, upgraded to first class, there's... Uh, you know, there's a pillow and a blanket. And he was completely confused by the pillow and the blanket. He did not know exactly he what had, they were. He had never used a pillow nor a blanket? Not on a plane. And the flight attendant, would you like these? Would you like these? They're, they're already in the seat. She said, you know, do you want to keep them? He said, I don't even know what they are. So she, um, so she told him. And then he was, before we took off, he was conversing with, like did I he, said. The, did, did he cover himself with the pillow and use the blanket uh, for his head? 
<laughs> no. But he said to the guy across the way, how far back does your seat go? And he said, I don't know. The guy across the aisle said to the guy next to me, how back does your seat go? And the guy I'm sitting next to said, I don't know. Where's the button? And then the guy across the aisle said, well, after seeing that news story, I don't want to upset anyone. So neither of them put their seats back. Well, it all made sense after we landed and the flight attendant came back and was chatting with the guy next to me. And he told her, he said, this is my first time flying in 31 years. He said, I have not flown since I was 15 years old. He's a postal worker. And he said, so 1989. um, I guess. And he said, so he's now 46. And he said, uh, he said, yeah, a lot has changed. He said, security was certainly very different from the last time I flew. The last time I flew, there was also a Berlin Wall. (laughs) I mean, there was a lot of things that had changed. So good for him. Yeah, he was. And he was not the guy actually who was coughing. That was on my return flight. This is the outbound flight. This guy was just, um, he was, he was sweet. And also on the outbound flight. Do you know why he was going to Minnesota? Was did he live no, there? Why no, he and was I don't traveling? know if he was just connecting. I, I, I didn't get I didn't get the story. Um, I, I asked because if you haven't flown for thirty one years, it probably takes a big event or um, or some change in life to suddenly fly after yeah, thirty one years. Yeah, exactly. And um, you know, so the the flight attendant did not ask him that, so, so I didn't hear that. When we got on the plane, you know, there's plenty of people who are flying now in um, you know those sort of coronavirus mask coronavirus mask but you know the, just the paper ones or whatever that you can get at the pharmacy there was a guy with, with, a, with a little hole cut in for the uh, for the bloody mary or right, whatever they're drinking right, in first right. class there was a guy on this flight and the best way i can describe his mask is that it looks exactly like a mask that is on our son's underwater gi joe it was like a neoprene mask. It looked like he was about to go scuba diving or into space or something. He had this big elaborate neoprene mask on. And uh, also he had a, I don't know if it was an emotional support dog. It was some sort of dog that he he didn't let the flight flight attendant ask, is that dog working or can I pet it? And he said, no, you can't pet it. So I don't know in what capacity it was working, but um, it was a, it was the, the mask itself was elaborate. So it was on the flight home where I again was next to a, a not not a petite man. And it, this was a late flight. It was after the game. I think we landed at after midnight. And I've so I was sleeping and twice I was awakened by the guy next to me just with these big giant coughs. And they weren't like dry coughs. They were throaty, you know, warbly <laughs> coughs. And uh Anyway, it, I, so far, it's been a couple days that I've been home and I have not picked up any anything that I know of. Our, our daughter, of course, did. You know, I, I posted on Twitter that the reason our, our, our podcast is a day late this week is our daughter spent much of Tuesday vomiting all over the house. Starting at 3.30 a.m. Yeah. She came, into, she came into the room, said, I don't feel very well. I said, okay. And then vomited all over us on well, the didn't bed. you say do you think you're going to vomit and she said yes before vomiting uh maybe <laughs> you think you're gonna vomit yes and then vomited on us got her into the bathroom and then um the next morning vomited six more times and she took delight actually in counting can i tell my siblings when they get home can i tell them how many it's, times it's I like vomited? the number of burgers mcdonald's has sold on, on right. their sign right i mean she's still counting after six because uh i mean it's got to be I, I can't i don't remember any of our other kids having that many vomits they've had large volume but not but this not this uh high of a number it it was to borrow from stand by me 
a complete and total barfarama. <laughs> yes. But and can I can I go back for a second to the yeah. to the masks on the airplane? Because yes. the last time I flew two or three weeks ago now, there were people with masks in the airport, but not on the plane. Um, I didn't see any the masked flyer, if you will. Mm-hmm. But do they now make an announcement to acknowledge this and say? In the event of a change in cabin pressure, please remove your own mask before putting on your own mask before assisting others. <laughs> no, they. Or didn't. do people just going to place the uh, oxygen mask over their own surgical mask? I bet they'll put it over their own surgical mask. Or, or but when the oxygen mask comes down, first they take out a antiseptic wipe and clean it off, and then and then put it up to their own mouth. And, and some contraband Purell that that's right. going for ninety nine dollars on the black market. And you described uh, your seatmates as another not a petite man. I was wondering if I were a stranger seated next to you on a plane and then you were talking about me to somebody else later, would I be described as not a petite man? Or, no. or what, what? Yeah, I, no, I wouldn't. Des- I would neither describe you as a petite man or a not a petite you man. You would describe me as nondescript, so nondescript that you wouldn't bother describing me. True, would be probably. Non-remarkable seatmate. Probably. Well, that's a good seatmate. Anyway, um, carry on. And I bef- apologize. No, before we get back to the Barfarama, our, our 13-year-old had a great observation as we talk about the, the masks, and that is we're talking about with the coronavirus and how it, how it might impact sports and professional sports, the NCAA tournament. You know, you get 20,000 people in an arena, you know, and NBA games, what's going to happen? And our, our 13-year-old hit it right on the money. She said, they're not going to cancel games. They'll just hand out masks with team logos when you go to the games and how 100% NBA would that be you'd walk into a bulls game and you just get a, a, USA yeah, <laughs> you would get you'd get a mask with that team's logo it's, on it it's, it's it's brilliant of course it will happen and as serious and horrible as coronavirus is you know i'm sure there is an entire coronavirus industrial complex churning up as we speak yeah, not just with masks by and, the way um, i cannot see the word in print coronavirus without also seeing its anagram carnivorous, apropos of nothing. But um, anyway, anyway, as you were saying. Um, our daughter, so so back to her day. So she's they're just starting to learn fractions at her school. And so one of the things we did with her was, okay, so today you've, at the point it was like she had vomited five times. I said, use a fraction. How many times or how often have you got into the bathroom and vomited in the toilet. And I think at the time it was two-fifths of the time she had made it to the bathroom to vomit in the toilet. One time she said she was going to get sick. You grabbed a tablecloth and ran over and she vomited in that. There yes. was another time she had uh, she had finally thought she could eat or drink something. So she had some applesauce and water and she's walking across the kitchen and I just hear something and I'm, I'm just assuming she's dropped a or spilled a whole cup full of water but no indeed that was another one of her let me ask you this when you're asking when you're asking her to figure out how many times she has vomited here or there expressed as fractions yes did you urge her to come up with a common devominator (laughs) i did not i did not um but uh a great description from her because i had asked her you know, after she had initially gotten sick in our room and we'd put her back to, I'd put her back to bed. You know, I asked her, I said, you know, how did you feel that morning? Were you feeling okay after you got sick? And she said, well, you know, right after I got sick, I felt okay. She said, but then a little later, my stomach felt like there was a big fat wrecking ball in there. And uh, what a great description. That's exactly how it feels when you're under the weather and have some sort of stomach bug. So anyway, happy to report she's doing great today. She's not we kept her home from school just in case. We don't need to infect any of the other kids at school. But uh, 
she's running around like her normal self. And it's not all that a sick day, uh, certainly as a kid and skip missing school and watching daytime TV. But even now, uh, a buddy of mine, roughly my age, texted me a week or so ago and said, it's 1977 all over again. I'm home from work, sick, watching Match Game 77 on the Game Show Network. And I turned it on, texted him back about that particular episode, and said, I'm not sick. I just work from home as a writer. So I I also can watch Match Game 77 during the day. Well, that was a thing that was um, weird for me because our daughter wanted me next door. She wanted to snuggle. She she fell asleep for a couple hours with her head rested on my lap when we were sitting on the couch. And I had my laptop and I was trying to do some work, but there was the TV was on, the show she was watching. I can't tell you the last time I had the television on on a weekday during the day. I can't tell you the last time I was just sitting on a couch and like not just working on a weekday. It was um it was a weird kind of a relaxing sick day for me too other than cleaning up all the vomit i can tell you the last time that i had the tv on during the day and that is whatever day you weren't here during the day but and the kids were in school and i can tell you from having seen some of that daytime tv that the present day wolford brimley that is the trusty elderly um face of goodness on television who will then sell you a reverse mortgage right is Tom Selleck. Yeah, that's, it's amazing because whatever channel, I think it must have been um, HGTV. That must have been what our daughter had on. And um, yeah, all of a sudden there there's Tom Selleck in front of you. And it's so weird for me, a kid growing up watching Magnum P.I., to think of him as the Wilford Brimley-like trusted older well, person especially selling since, things. It's bizarre. Since he looks exactly the same. He does look exactly also, the same. Including wearing short, like, OP Shorts, no, surf shorts, and a, and a Hawaiian shirt and a tiger's <laughs> cap, was he not? How great would that have been? With Higgins uh, helping him sell. Yep. And who was the, who was the um, helicopter pilot? His uh, uh, two initials, DC or not yeah, DC. Yeah, I think it was but, DC. No, it wasn't, but, um, but it was something like that. Um, he was I, my I favorite the character the on the show. And she was watching an HGTV show, I should add, that I'd never seen one like this. There was a couple looking for a new house and they wanted they wanted an open concept kitchen and an ensuite bathroom in the spacious master bedroom. Imagine that. Imagine a network twenty four hours devoted to a different variation of those two themes. T C not DC. TC was the name of the uh, helicopter pilot in Magnum PI. Okay. I, I, I knew it wasn't Theodore DC. Theodore Calvin. Yeah. I knew it wasn't DC, because DC was the name of the character DC Daisy in the Gabe Kaplan movie, basketball movie, Fast Break, uh, where DC Daisy was the character. It was a it was a woman masquerading as a man to play for this um, this basketball team. But anyway, carry on. How do I not know that movie? You don't know the movie Fast Break, starring Bernard King. I don't think okay. I've ever and, seen and it. And Gabe Kaplan. Okay. I'll, well, need, well, I'll need to see it at the, some the, point. The, the day. I can't remember if it was the day before or the day that you were inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield. And there was a cocktail party reception at the Hall of Fame. Yes, before you go over to the theater where the Hall of Fame ceremony is. And you were pulled in nine different directions. But my buddy Mike and I were just wandering around the Star Wars cantina of this cocktail reception because everybody there was had played in the NBA or coached or was was a family member. And... and, um, 
Bernard King was was there. And so my buddy Mike and I just posted him up and talked about Fast Break the entire time. And he was more than happy to talk about it. Oh, he, um, of course, I remember watching Bernard King play for the Knicks when, uh, when I was younger coming up. Anyway, I was in Minnesota because there's a women's basketball game. Maryland was in town to play last regular season, Big Ten game of, of their seasons. Maryland is the first time I'd seen them play all year. They're really, really, really good. Uh, Minnesota really struggled. It was a fun game to call, though, because Mike Tebow was calling it as well. I played for him one year with the Connecticut Sun. His daughter, Carly, is an assistant for the Minnesota women's team. He coached Lindsey Whalen, I think, for six seasons in Connecticut, and she's now the head coach at the University of Minnesota. So um, even though it was not a close game at all, it was still it was enjoyable to watch, and it was interesting for me to see a Maryland team who... Um, who's who's really really good but I was thinking when I was there you know we go to Minnesota at least once a year in the summer to visit your sister I go to Minnesota multiple times a year to do a Minnesota Lynx game but I think that was the first time I've been in Minnesota in the winter time since my Yukon team played the final four in the Target Center in 1995 and that was in early April so it wasn't you know the the heart of winter but I think that's the first time, Steve, that I've been to Minnesota in 25 years in the wintertime. You and I never go there in the wintertime. And had you known what it was like in the wintertime, you never would have been going there, even in the summertime. <laughs> it, um, it, actually, it was really mild. It was a really lovely right. day that we were there, but obviously much, much different from when I'm there in the summer. And um, that's most of my experience. But I was, I was just thinking about that. Like, gosh, of all the times I've been here... It's been 25 years since I've been here in the winter. Well, March is a great time to be there. March tournament time. It always snows around tournament time. Uh, February, not so much. January, uh, I'd give it a miss. But um, It's a nice cold spot. Bracing. Yeah. Clean air in your lungs. It feels like it's purifying your, your respiratory system even as you're... Which I needed after getting off those flights, so it was perfect. You didn't have the... the I, I didn't know if it still exists. It must. The the parking garage at Williams Arena could take you uh, nine hours to get out of at least the last I time. I don't know because we were, um, you know, we were able to park right where the, the TV truck is, so I didn't have to deal with... Actually, so no, that's the last time I was there in the wintertime. Um, maybe 20 years ago, and I was calling an NCAA tournament couple first two rounds maybe at Williams Arena because I remember being in that parking garage and people were actually doing the zipper merge every other every other person was able to go it was really efficient it was one of my first experiences with Minnesota nice so that would be the last time I was there in the winter and I forgot to mention when I was calling the Minnesota Maryland game Maryland's director of operations Libby Ellis is this young person and at the end of uh, Maryland's shoot-around, I've talked to the players, I've talked to Coach Free, she comes over and told me that she listens to Ball and Chain. I mean, she, I would think, is v- at the very, very young end of our demographic, and I was super um, excited by that. And then when I got to the arena a couple hours before the game, she came over and handed me a whatchamacallit, candy bar. Because she listens to the podcast, so she knows as, that as sort of proof of life and yeah, kidnapping. Like I, this I, is I I'm really, not kidding. I really I'm I really sincere. have have listened to that, or at least listened to that episode, and gave me a whatchamacallit. So a young person who works with the women, Maryland women's basketball team, listens to our podcast, I, I and need, that just tickled me. I was happy about that. I think you need to stop emphasizing that 
a young person, somebody in their 20s actually listen to our podcast because I think it, it, it A, we have younger listeners than that. We have four-year-olds strapped into car seats who uh, are true. who are hostage to their parents or grandparents' listening habits in the car. True. We probably have other voluntary young people who have listened to it not under duress, and it might also risk stigmatizing some of our more senior Our more listeners. mature listeners. Okay, well, I wasn't excited that, that she, it was because she was young. She was just, <laughs> I was excited that she's a listener. Well, we have exciting news on the listener front, and, and um, we do. This or, yeah, we do. I would ordinarily put this in viewer mail because it came in as viewer mail, but I want to read this as a separate um, celebratory segment because those of us who, those of you who have been with us with us since the beginning, and I say those of you because clearly I'm not one of them. I haven't listened to all of them, even though I've participated. I think in, in almost all of them, all of them probably. Uh, you'll know that a running theme for the first year or more, two years of the podcast, we were hand, we were sending out swag, and, and I know I've been way behind in sending out swag. We have many requests that have come in over the last low these many months, and I will send those out. When will you send them? When will out? I send them out? I mean, have hollower words ever been spoken? I what? will send them out when I have a couple of hours, not on deadline, to send them out. Okay, but that's just so people. Can okay. have a realistic by next week, I will send them out so people should receive by it by the week. following week. They'll really? get them in March. They'll get swag in March. But you're on deadline. I know. I'm. You know. I'm. Okay, super you're mad. saying by next week. Set that as your goal. But the expectations should probably be more like two weeks. The problem is there. There are no consequences whatsoever for me if I don't send them out. That's true. So, but before I was uh, interrupted, interrupted, I was going to say a theme of many of those early podcasts as we sent out swag was we would color in a map. And if we sent one to Montana, oh, gosh, we've sent stuff to Montana. Now there's stuff in Hawaii, Alaska, uh, Manitoba, uh, Germany, the U.K. And we were coloring this map. And as the map colored in, it, it, it fairly quickly we co- had colored in every state in the U.S. bar one. That's true. And what state was that, Rebecca? That was Delaware. Delaware. What was it about Delaware that, that, that rejected break and through. indeed despised? Ball and Chain podcast. You would think that we'd have had a token Delaware listener somewhere along the line, but no, we have access to the to the demographics and nations all over the world every week. But downloading not Delaware. Podcasts. Delaware, nothing. So I want to I want to maybe Denny can put in a drum roll or 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 a fanfare of horns here because this is a moment worth celebrating. And I'll just read this before we get to the the meat of the viewer mail. I'll read this in the body of the of the episode here because this is worth highlighting. Dear Restiva, I just caught up after hearing about the podcast from your interviews with Steve Olivas on The Commute, a podcast you and I both did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to apologize on behalf of the entire state of Delaware for joining the party so late. Love the pod, and I'm looking forward to another 100-plus episodes. Sincerely, Emily, parentheses, not a Delaware native, just living in Northern Delaware. So, Emily of Northern Delaware, seems a little vague to me, but I'm going to take her word for it that she's a genuine Delawarean or whatever they call the people from Delaware. Thank you. This was sent on so March 1st, 2020. Sorry, does she have a swag request? 
She does not. She said, um, P.S. I just ordered the 30, the 34 ton bat, my baseball book as a birthday present for my dad. I won't ask for swag, but I will ask for you to sign it for my dad. Thank you. Well, presumably her dad isn't listening, so I can be happy to do that. Well, we have um, to send her swag. That's the will, whole point. We will so absolutely we send her swag. Part of the ma- Whether she likes it or not, we will be sending her yes. swag as, as sort of junk mail if she, if, if she doesn't want it. Do you it. think if, if we invited him, we could get Steve Kornacki to our basement to get a map and, and fill in the colors and the percentages of where our listeners come from? Like he does during the um, election season. I, th- I think. I think. Um, I mean, we'd have to wait for it to no, long- no longer be an election season, of course. But maybe we could invite him to be on our podcast. And, and then I, I could be the second, your second most beloved Steve in your own basement when there are only two other people here. <laughs> right. Two people here. Right. Am I not significantly? Uh, am I not sufficiently Cornacian for you? You are. I, I would. He's a numbers guy, so I would say you're the anti-Cornacki. I'm an anti-Kornacki. Okay. Well, I said I was going to set aside the Delaware, the, the very exciting Delaware viewer mail, apart from the rest of the viewer mail. But let's just get into viewer mail, shall let's we? Let's get into viewer mail. Pick that hook, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. The viewer mail comes to ballandchainpod at gmail.com. Excuse me. And look at this, Rebecca. Look at this. This is just purely coincidence. This was not set up. This comes in from Lauren, who writes, Restiva, my name is Lauren, with one N, and I am a 23-year-old avid fan of the Oregon Ducks and Chicago Sky. 23 years old. Well, she should be an avid fan of the Oregon Ducks and Chicago Sky. Right, but I'm just, I'm emphasizing the 23 years old. She's 23 and writing into us. Well, let's she's, first She's see a listener. What, let's first to see what she has to say. Well, let's hope it's positive. Born, raised, and living in Northeast Indiana, I'm beyond thrilled to have tickets for the 2020 Women's NCAA Regional in my stomping grounds of Fort Wayne. There's a regional in Fort Wayne? There's a regional in Fort Wayne, yes. The where, my, where my father is from. Yes. The regionals this year are in Portland, Dallas, uh, Greensboro, and Fort Wayne. My father, an alumnus of the long-since-departed Fort Wayne Central Catholic High School. However, writes Lauren with one N, I'm not looking forward to the potential of being surrounded by Louisville fans while wearing my number 20 Ducks jersey. Anyway, my reason for writing to you is extremely important. I would like to claim the gold medal of phone alarms. My latest count stands at 128. Now, those who might not know, Rebecca complains that I don't delete the alarms on my phone and that I had maybe two dozen of them. I don't complain. I just find it odd. Well, anyway, Lauren has... She's 100? They range from 12.50 a.m. to 11.59 p.m. She has 128. With titles such as 3v3 Champ Game, Feed the Fish, this one's in all caps, Garlic Knots, and Meds with a Z. And because it would be completely unreasonable to delete or reuse any of them, I have multiples of many. Examples include four alarms for 8.30 and 8.45 a.m., five for 6.30 and 7.15 a.m., and a whopping 11 for 7 a.m. Out of those 128, I use two each day. No shame. Best Lauren with one end, 2020 gold medalist phone alarms. That is impressive. That is impressive. You I know, think. when she says 128, how many how many minutes are there in a day? So there's 60 times 24. That's the maximum number of phone alarms I guess you could have, although she has multiples for for many of for them. many minutes. I couldn't well live that way, but she can. And uh, enjoy Fort Wayne. The Oregon will not be there. They'll be in Portland. Louisville has a great chance. Yeah, Louisville will be there. So um, 
But in my experience, Louisville fans are friendly. They won't mind her uh, number 20 Oregon Ducks jersey. Uh, Need I say more, writes Ralph in his header. Uh, Hi, Restiva. And he encloses a link to the Washington Washington Post story by Scott Allen, who writes about Justin Meekins of Salisbury University baseball team, which shut out Immaculata. Uh, And afterwards, he found dozens of text, Snapchat, and Instagram messages because his, um, his, his official photo for, for the D3 Salisbury University baseball team has gone viral. Apparently every year, according to this article by Scott Allen, he, he has taken a different ridiculous photo wearing like a, a curly Q Raleigh fingers mustache. Um, and each one has been better than the last. Culminating with this, what I believe is a senior year photo. He's got a beard. He's got long hair. but Long hair like to his shoulders. Yeah, hair, but, right? but what, what sets it apart in his baseball cap and uniform is he's wearing a monocle. <laughs> What's the team again that he uh, Salisbury for? University baseball team. Uh, uh, and he's a senior outfielder. And he says, I couldn't do the same thing over and over again with the picture because I think that would be boring. I like being different. I don't know where the monocle idea came from. I just thought I should wear a monocle. I bought one on Amazon Prime for like $2. <laughs> he doesn't He doesn't have a dealer, He apparently. can't have a monocle dealer because if he plays baseball, be that would be an NCAA, NCAA violation. violation. Exactly. So, so uh, good for him. It's a pretty fantastic picture. Well, anyway, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's Justin Meekins, M-E-E-K-I-N-S. If once his eligibility is up, I think George, my monocle dealer, might, might uh, hook him up. I think so. Uh, Andrew writes, just in case Rebecca didn't see this on the BNC Twitter feed, I give you the final resting place of two unusually named families. We spotted this in Shrewsbury, New Jersey, while visiting our daughter on Saturday. And there are two headstones adjacent to one another, Hazard in front and Reckless in back, both dating to the mid-1800s. Make your own puns, writes Andy. Our lines are open. Hazard and Reckless. I um, I, I looked through the BNC Twitter feed. I did not see that, well, so I'm he, glad he, she also sent it to... Had, uh, to the Gmail. She, Andrew. Oh, Andrew. I'm glad he, Andrew. Well, it, it's, it's, uh, he, he attached photos on Gmail and Hazard and Reckless, I believe, was a, was a Civil War era buddy cop movie, even though movies didn't yet exist. And I'm not even sure buddy, buddy cops. cops yeah. You think buddy yeah. cops existed in They're the Civil War? They're on horseback, yes. <laughs> One of them did everything by the book. The other was a totally, total maverick. So, um, so yeah, Hazard and Reckless. Okay. Hello, Rebecca and Steve. Hello, Steve and Rebecca. Even better, writes Myra, our ball and chain resident librarian. I would like to weigh in on the topic of airline seat reclining. This continues to be a hot button mm-hmm. issue or, or rather a, a, a uh, armrest button issue. I'm 5'2", writes Myra, and my legs are proportionately a bit short even for my height. <laughs> and I absolutely cannot stand it when the person in front of me reclines his or her seat. I can't see that it makes that much difference for the recliner. Thank you very much, Myra. You're exactly right. It makes no difference for them, especially considering the amount of discomfort for the reclinee. I can't imagine what it's like for tall people when it's so irritating for me. Why do you not get deep vein thrombosis on long flights? You know when I risk getting deep vein thrombosis, Myra? When I was sitting in a toddler's tailgating chair <laughs> for nine hours at a volleyball tournament. I'm serious. Why I'm still, did they I have still the feel. Chair? Was the toddler there and they were just not allowed to sit? How uh, did that he, chair come he, to be? He, he uh, super kindly, he had a chair for himself, a chair for his wife who was coming later. And I sat in that chair until she arrived. Uh, and then a, um, a smaller chair that I th- my suspicion was, my guess was, because I had the same 
question, but I didn't ask him, was for between matches, sometimes they had a few minutes, the, the players, that is, to... to I think they were going to use it to play cards or something. I thought or? maybe use it to come sit with them. Um, oh, during, have their daughter come yeah. sit with them. So, of course, since then, just for the next tournament, you've put a tailgating chair in the back of your car? I will. Okay. I probably have to get a tailgating chair first because we've destroyed or, and or left so many at various ball fields. Myra also asks why rush hour is called rush hour when nobody's going anywhere. She invites any thoughts or suggestions on new names for rush hour. Rush hour would have been a good name for this podcast, actually. Yes, it would. But right? it would, yeah. Do you think? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, again, with the uh, flying... This comes in from Scott. He writes so many things to comment on from episode 112. Thanks for getting me LOLing on the drive home after a crappy day, coronavirus, stock plunge, and our ever-depressing politics. I'm 6'4 and am 100% with you on reclining, says Scott. Often my knees are jammed directly into the back of the seat in front, even before that seat is reclined. The other option is to stick a leg into the aisle, but that then serves as a target for the flight attendants with the beverage cart. On one occasion, I was sound asleep on a flight when the person in front of me violently reclined causing the metal rods of the tray table to jam into my knees. That's a lot of action verbs in, yes. uh, in that sentence. Uh, when the person violently reclined, causing the metal rods of the tray table to jam into my knees, I let out a yelp that startled both the reclinee and the other passenger sitting near me. I never recline, except on overnight flights, and then only after checking behind me. By the way, I'm 49 and completely identified with the basketball convo. Due to numerous injuries, I often play slow-mo one-on-one with my 13-year-old. However, much to my son's shock, I did recently throw down a dunk, albeit with a girl's ball. But the real highlight will be when he throws down his first dunk. I thought he was going to say, albeit on an eight-foot hoop. Right. That's pretty that's impressive. That's pretty impressive. I don't care the size and, of the and, basketball um, if you can still get up to dunk. Absolutely. Uh, Dr. Oh. S- Dr. Gary Siegel with two R's sends, please enjoy the picture of my eldest granddaughter being chauffeured to the daytime parades on Fat Tuesday in New Orleans. And here is his eldest granddaughter in shades, looking regal and resplendent in a green sweater and shades being pulled in what I imagine is is a stroller and not a float uh, with a sippy cup in her lap. And I assume that that sippy cup is like a hurricane or some other New Orleans uh, bourbon street beverage wouldn't you assume so I, I, even though she's a t- toddler she's a toddler i um new orleans is the home of the women's final four this year you probably didn't know that but I, it is i did not i wonder if dr siegel will uh pay you a visit i wonder there you, you if if so you you can you have another month to arrange for security I, i'll be the six four one with the <laughs> sippy cup with the hurricane inside. exactly well, anyway adorable picture thank you dr siegel as always uh, Kathy from Torrington writes, I've been listening to your podcast for about two months. I've started a new job and now commute 25 miles instead of two, so I have time to pass commuting. I enjoy spending my commute listening to the ball and chain. I also recently passed an exam to become a psychiatric slash mental health certified nurse, so I would like to apply for the position of resident psychiatric nurse. I have many years experience as a psychiatric nurse, but only recently became certified. My husband now says I am certifiable. Keep up the good work. Looking forward to catching up on past episodes during drive time or what we now know as rush hour. Right. Um, Kathy from Torrington, a a certified resident psychiatric nurse. I think that's what exactly what we need. I think most wives and moms are uncertified psychi- psychiatric nurses. Um, just by being a mother and a wife makes you that, but she went the next step and also got certified. Congratulations. Well, I'm landing on a couple of heavy issues here, and I didn't mean to. That's just the way the mail is shaking out. Um, and uh, the first one uh, is uh, 
somebody has sent in a, a link to a column in the, that was published in the Hartford Current about um, good grammar has been taken for granted, and that's a shame. That doesn't mean everyone has to write like George Will, but uh, students are using apparently spell check and the grammar checker on their computers instead of instead of learning grammar and those artificial intelligence in those this is the premise of the piece leaves leaves a lot to be desired so if you're using that to check your grammar your copy is likely to, likely to be ungrammatical and uh the point of this being that actual intelligence this is a quote from the piece is always better than artificial intelligence so should our students still be taught well, of course they're still taught grammar aren't they Many just so don't apply it appropriately, right? Taught grammar, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, I think the best way to learn grammar, spelling, punctuation, writing, is reading. Mm-hmm. And I say that out of personal interest, but also because it happens to be true. Finally, Rebecca, uh, I think I gave this article to you to read as well. Um, Rick in Oceanside, California, sends a an article from the, from the San Diego Union-Tribune, a column by Mark Ziegler, uh, about ostensibly about, um, well, using Kobe Bryant as a as a jumping off point for youth sports. Of course, the, the Kobe Bryant uh, tragedy was happening en route to a youth basketball tournament and um, sends a, a fairly moving column, I thought, about the obsession with youth sports that we've talked about so many times on this podcast and we experience on a, on a daily basis the disproportionate attention and uh, insanity devoted to the sports this uh, column was really well done i um i will link to it on our twitter account do you know if it's I, I behind know. a paywall I, I have no idea or if, uh, i have no anyway, idea but I'll, I'll I, link... I can summarize for you that um, but i will also link to it because it was um just really really well done and the, uh, the writer acknowledges himself being you know participating in the, in the madness of of getting your kids here there and everywhere um for water polo or soccer i think in, in his child's case and the day that I spent nine hours at the volleyball tournament came after a day that I made two or three round trips of an hour each to various basketball games. We spend more time in a gym than we spend at home, which is fine. But uh, it, it sometimes has gotten a little uh, little kooky, and we witnessed some, some nonsense. Although I say nine hours at a volleyball tournament, didn't witness any any bad behavior, any parents... Uh, behaving crazily, no coaches, no no athletes, nothing. It was it was refreshing in that regard. Yeah, there are two things that you said. One of them, in terms of the getting crazy, in our defense, there's four children that were running around um, for their activities. So it's not like one, one kid is causing four round trips for a basketball game. We've got four of them. But uh, yeah, that was an interesting thing that you had mentioned um, that at the volleyball the day full of volleyball there was it was very different environment than when you go watch basketball especially when i'm watching basketball that you're coaching and um <laughs> i you were coaching a big game last night for sixth graders I fifth was. and sixth graders and it was a nail biter and i wasn't able to be there because our daughter was sick but you were there had to be there because you're coaching our son was playing in the game and it was um for their their little division championship and so there are no higher stakes than that and I was getting text updates from our oldest daughter, who was there for mostly for laughs, I think. And she was saying, "Oh, it's twenty-seven, twenty-seven. Oh, now the other team just went up twenty-nine, twenty-seven. And I was, I was stressing out reading these texts. And I said, and she said, she mentioned her brother, our son, uh, is very getting very heated. Like he, his face can kind of cloud over when it gets uh, those intense moments. And I said, "Yeah, but how is mom? How is mom behaving? Is she behaving?" 
and she she uh, texted me in all caps. She will say she's behaving, but she is not. She's she's very. Um, what did she say? Heated or something like that? I don't and know. Uh, it made me. It, it, it was like listening to a game on the radio in 1930, a baseball game. I I had to fill in the images in my head of what you were doing. Were you breaking a clipboard? Were you throwing a chair? One time I, I did yell way too loudly. Um, the other team, I think we were up one. The boy on the other team got an offensive rebound, put it in, and he got the offensive rebound over our son, and I yelled far too loudly, you have to rebound, to direct it at our son. And um, and then there was there's some When there are nine people in the gym, it sort of resonates. No, so. actually, there were times where, like, you yell louder than you want to yell because even if you're not yelling something like that, if you're just yelling for a kid to go to a different place, like one time I was yelling at – a um, a kid's name because I wanted him to stop pressing and I was screaming because he just couldn't hear me. But no, yeah, yesterday I wasn't thrilled with my behavior in that game, um, the volume with which I was I was coaching. So would you I, welcome I'm, or or not if I were to train a camera on you for an entire game and then you could watch? Uh, I don't think I'd like that. But I've tonight our our thirteen year old her eighth grade team is also playing for their in their deanery their little league championship and I have promised myself that I am going to be completely behaving I'm not going to be yelling unless it's like yelling for a timeout and I have to be really loud but um yeah I, I wasn't thrilled with with my behavior yesterday and and didn't you yell for yell our son's name at some point and the referee mistook that for you yelling timeout yeah I was yelling our our, our, our son climb out um <laughs> <laughs> and the referee thought you said timeout. Yeah, out. I was, I was. Um, then they were right in front of me too, and I was, I was yelling because um, one of the boys had dribbled the ball and picked it up, and so I was yelling, um, "Get it to Thomas! Get it to Thomas!" And the referee who was standing right in front of me blew his whistle, and he just looked at me, and he said, "Timeout!" I said, "I said no." I was yelling, "Get it to Thomas!" And he was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." And um, so then the worst part of that was our our boys then had to inbound the ball, and it was a time of the game where I. I didn't want us to have to inbound the ball because it wasn't going to be an easy thing to do. Anyway, it's never an easy thing to do. It's never an easy thing to do. Um, so anyway, yeah, he did. I was, I was yelling that he thought I was calling for a timeout. But so were you charged with a timeout? No, because I I didn't actually call it. But uh, but yeah. Anyway, I I will be better. I vowed, I will be better. I've got to just those moments. I get too loud and I can't be that loud. These are little kids. You're well, looking at me like you've heard this before. You don't believe me. Well, I've me. witnessed it in the kitchen across a pot roast. So I that's know that. That's so not true. No, it's not true. That's so not true. You, you have like a 1950s housewife in a Warner Brothers cartoon, Tom and Jerry. You've you've chased me with a rolling pin <laughs> around the kitchen table. <laughs> oh, so weird. That's not true. Uh, so weird. So weird. It's <laughs> just that visual. Okay, just what? These two unpetite people. <laughs> Running around the kitchen. Yes, just, just one of them with a rolling pin. Throw it, uh, let's let's thank producer Denny Gallagher. Oh, wait, first I've got a quick, quick, oh, I'm sorry, quick, go ahead. quick question before we wrap it up. Yeah. I've got in the back of my car a box full of nets that were sent to us for any time that we come upon a net sure. that's ripped down or whatever. So I'm in a parking lot that has two of the nice Gorilla glass or fiberglass backboards, and one of the nets is half off and falling off. But it's one of the chain nets. So am I allowed to take that chain net down and put up one of the new nice nets? Or it's like it's a public place. Does it have the same hooking mechanism? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. But my question, my bigger question is because both of the the hoops have the chain nets. Like that's what the town 
provided, that's what they've paid for. Would it be are a they, Are they just coming would off or are they, or are they damaged? Um, I didn't get out to check. One of them was half off. So I'm assuming it was damaged or else someone would have fixed it. But if it's damaged, do I just leave it there? Or Did you I shoot on it? To? No. Do you no. realize that this could if have been... If I had been... shot on it, I would have known if it was damaged or what the, the problem was. Because if the shot hadn't gone in, it clearly would have been damaged. Of course. No, what I'm saying, had you shot on it, you would have been. it would have been the marriage. The shotgun marriage of ball and chain. chain. That's true. Well, you and I should both go. It's not far from, from where we are. We'll both go. We'll determine... We'll, we'll, we'll ball and chain it there, we and should we'll determine if it needs to be ball and We net. should throw a couple of chain nets in the car so that we can replace chain nets when we see them. Actually, I think when he sent us the cloth nets, I think he may have put a chain net in there because the be- the box they came in are really he- is really heavy. So there we go. We can do it. Although no one likes playing on chain nets. No, it's kind of nice to make the chain net sway like a Jingle like a jangle. like a hula like a grass skirt on a hula dancer when i when i dropping threes from okay okay all right for our producer denny gallagher and for oh i just hit my from for tom dick and harry no i don't say, don't say for tom dick and harry just ask tom dick and harry to play us out play us out Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in this cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts your sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, what we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.